All right, welcome everybody to the Four Outdoorsmen on Bob FM. I'm Steve Strusinski, Strewman. Mark Lukey's to my left. The Four Outdoorsmen's on every Sunday at 6. We're blessed. We have some special guests in the studio tonight. We have Laura and Chris Tatrell. Right? Yes, sir. Great. And you're from uh, the Stillwater area. Correct. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Chris is uh, involved with uh, HHO, which is Hometown Hero Outdoors. We're going to talk with them the entire hour. This is, now, you guys, are, you're, you're like royalty. It's exclusive. Yeah, you're like royalty because this might be the – might, we've done it a couple of times, but not very often, Mark. Maybe three or four yeah, in we, 10 years. We felt somebody with uh, – It was a bear attack. Oh, that's These right. These guys. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and two, other, uh, two other people died. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So those were great stories. Now we got – but I said, I don't know if we have enough to talk about. And so we got to get another guest. And Chris said, I'll bring my wife, Laura. Shit, we're home free, man. We just, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> she likes to talk. He says, no, I'm just kidding. No. Welcome to the Four Outdoorsman, Laura. Thank you. Thank Thanks you for, for being here. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about – first, we're going to talk about what's happening this week, what happened last week. Join in anytime you want. We'll start talking about – the DNR, that you're a conservation officer with the DNR. Then we'll talk about HHO, and I'm all excited about that. We're going to hear some stories about it. Mark, how was your week, friend? He, he does HHO, and he's a conservation officer? He's a big deal. He's a real deal, well, man. We should yeah. have plenty to talk about that. I think so, yeah, because I got all kinds of controversial stuff. You guys, con- con- um, conservation <laughs> officers, have, it's like uh, you can't win. It's like like working in lost luggage at the airport. You can't make everybody happy, you uh-huh. know? It yeah. is what it is. It's you know everyone's out having a good time, and it's just it's a very small percentage of people that you have you know some complications with. But other than that, it's it's a very rewarding career to be in. Yeah, but one of you Barney Fives gave me a ticket a couple of years ago up on <laughs> up on Lake of the Woods. You me know, too. And, uh, yeah. Man. So, uh, well, what no, are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> we we do an outdoor radio show, and we're supposed to be uh, know what the hell we're doing, and we yeah. don't. We're both we're both violators. <laughs> yeah. Well, it since, happens. Since we talked about it, you, let let's tell the stories right quickly about. About First how we both you, got tickets? Well, you got busty before I did. Um, and let's be honest with me, but be honest, in a normal situation, if you did not know us, would you have had ticketed us? Go ahead, Mark. Uh-oh. First of all, I respect cons- conservation officers. We do. 100%. Of course we do. And I broke the rules. So I, in theory, I should have been ticketed. That's a good warning, precursor. Um, no, it was, it was an issue where I just moved to my new house. Buddy asked me to go duck hunting the next day. I grabbed my bag, right? We went out. Shot one duck all morning, and I happened to have um, a lead pheasant shell in the bottom of my bag. And uh, so I got a ticket for that. Mm-hmm. And I know that's against the law, but I just I just happened to grab a bag, and but, I didn't. But if Chris was it. your conservation officer, because he, he's, Mark knows what he's doing. He's a smart guy. He's not going to cheat anybody. And he went up and literally thanked the CO for being there because, mm-hmm. you know, it's a tough job. It really is. Someone's got to do the job. And you explain, listen, I just moved. I throw all my stuff in a bag and that kind of crap. And right. And, and uh, you thought you're just, yeah. I'll, I'll preface. I, I made a mistake. Okay. I wasn't blasting ducks with lead shells. I <laughs> okay. promise that. Now, in that situation, <laughs> would you have tagged him? I'm be honest, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Damn. See? We got the I wrong like that. I like I'm not that even going to tell him my story. Yours yeah. definitely, too. Tell him your story. I really screwed up. Well, we were fishing. We took a, a radio cr- listener group up to Lake of the Woods. Was that Lake of the Woods or Mille Lacs? It was Lake of the Woods. Lake yeah. of the Woods. I don't even remember. No, it was Mille Lacs. No, it was Lake of the Woods. Oh, Lake of the Woods. Okay. But anyway, so uh, and it was going slow, and, and there was somebody doing some photography and filming about 60, 70 yards away from our seven or eight houses that we were fishing in. And, uh, and it was for uh, someone who has had autism, I found out. And they're doing a big thing about this kid's life, and anybody can get enjoy the outdoors, which is a cool, cool deal. Mm-hmm. And I, being in the outdoors industry with the radio show, I thought I'd go talk to him a little bit. And I was, 
I just went out and talked to him and, and say, welcomed them. I gave him a couple of business cards. I'd like to have you on the show sometime. This is a cool deal. Walked back to uh, my fish house, and there was uh, Barney Fife with a bolt in his pocket. And, uh, no, he tagged me for not being close enough to my fishing lines. I never even thought about oh, it. Oh, unintended lines. Yeah, he never even thought about it. You, know? you would have gave him a ticket too then, right? How far away were you? I'd say 60 yards. Depends on, I mean, like, it's circumstantial. I know, I mean, it depends on where you are and what's going on. And obviously, if one of my partners saw that, then I, I'm, uh, not, I'm not going to speak against my partners. All right, well, then, I'll, <laughs> then I'll, I was only 60 yards away because I just came back from going to the resort and getting a cup of coffee. So You're I starting was, off rough. You're just grilling the dude. So <laughs> it's a no, job. It's like, it's a job. So I was, I was about... <laughs> A quarter mile away for about 20 minutes. I forgot about it. Yeah. Just never thought about it. Yeah, so. yeah it happens. Okay, you know, so uh, we, we broke the Now rules. that we can get that out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have conservation officers on almost once a month and yeah. love everything about what you guys do. Yeah. Tell us a story. Now, Mark just came back from SHOT Show. Not a SHOT Show. It was SHOT Show, yeah. All right, tell us, tell us how it went. Tell them what's going on with your gig, pal. Yeah, with, with my new job, I got an opportunity to spend the week in Las Vegas at SHOT Show. And, and for those of you that don't know what it is, it's the world's biggest, by far, um, trade show for people in the firearms industry or law enforcement or anything related to uh, military firearms, uh uh, conservation officers, police officers. It's basically a place where uh, manufacturers and service providers go and everyone gets together and uh, it's crazy big. Now, and this was your first time ever doing this. You've, you went one time as a, a guest, but I never did. involved in the show yourself. Did it meet your expectations? Yeah, it's it's such a different experience when you go as someone in marketing or sales trying to solicit people, I guess, and someone that's actually working in the booth. It's like, Salespeople are annoying. Like, was, <laughs> was I that annoying? So many people came up to me and tried to sell me something, and I'm like, I'm just working, man. Yeah. But uh, it was a it was an awesome show. Like usual, the the amount of money and effort these manufacturers put into that show is crazy, uh, because you know all their biggest buyers are there, so yeah. you have to make a good impression, and uh, you, you just have you have to get deals done there to make it worth it. So it's 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 a fun show. We, we had a huge company party on Wednesday, which was incredible. And I met so many people that I never would have met otherwise. So all in all, it was a successful show. It was cold. It was 40s in the evening and raining. And I did not have a coat. I had a light vest and a long sleeve shirt, but I was really cold. So my guess is after like being on your feet for 10, 11 hours, whatever, uh, you were pretty... Too tired to party, maybe, huh? Uh, we did one or two nights, but two or three nights, I sat in my room at 10 o'clock and went to bed. You know, I, I gambled a little bit. I learned how to play craps from a coworker and, and did that one night. And, and how'd it go? I won some money. Really? It yeah. Nice. It was not fun until I knew what I was doing, then it became fun. For the first half, I was just sitting there like... I'm just giving away my money. I have no idea what's going on. But I know the game. I, I know the game craps. I don't play. I'll play blackjack once in a while, and, and I enjoy that. Uh, $5 tables are harder to find these days, but that's about my limit when I do that game. But I, I was playing in a softball tournament in Las Vegas maybe 10, 15 years ago. My wife traveled with me all over the country to play softball, and they'd party, and we'd go gamble and all that. And, and uh, we were in Las Vegas, and I went to bed early like I normally do. And she was with some friends, and they taught her, someone taught her how to play black uh, craps. And it's not just, you know, pass or not pass line, whatever it is. And she came she came back to the room about 2 o'clock in the night and woke me up and shook me. And she threw about 
$400 up in the air. And she, <laughs> she it was had, like indecent proposal. She had no idea. Yeah, 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 no clue what she was doing, but she won about four bills. And I thought, oh, well, nice. I bet that was a riot at the table. That's oh. the good thing about craps is how excited people get and everything. Yeah. yeah. So um, in other big news, you are traveling the world starting this week. I think can- uh, you guys can fire me right now because I won't be here for a week. I'm going to Arizona tomorrow morning oh. with my pretty wife, Diana, at uh, 7.30 or so. We're going to leave in the morning. And we're all packed. And I tell you what, she has a, a Toyota Highlander. We've never done a 30-day trip anyplace. You know, this is a big, big deal. I know a lot of people go for the entire winter. I couldn't do it. I just could not. That's a long time for me to be away from stuff, you know. Right. And I'll be calling in every Sunday, maybe doing, hopefully doing the promos and whatnot. But I'll be part of this show a little bit during the next couple of weeks. Um, anyway, so we're, we don't know how much. We're not even sure if, if we, we have room in this SUV for all the stuff she's got. She's got our cabin, our you know, our cabinets are all bare, the kitchen cabinets mm-hmm. and vegetables and all you everything. food. Everything. You know? <laughs> I'm bringing some, you know, some fish and some pierogies and all kinds of stuff we have in the freezer and stuff that's been there for who knows how long. But uh, and we're gonna, it's it's gonna be fun. Looking forward to it. Right, good for you. Yeah, I'm traveling to Arizona for work. Are you gonna come visit me? Yeah, we talked about that. You'll be yeah, in another I mean, show similar to the shot. So in in Phoenix. Uh, in, in a couple of weeks, weeks, right? In three weeks? Mm-hmm. Of course, I'll meet you down there for a beer or something if I can. Awesome. Can I get in? Yeah. Oh, this is not a big, not as big as SHOT Show. Uh, this is a bi-group show. So when stores get to a certain size, they can join a bi-group where they can buy things in bulk for cheaper. I know. I've heard about that, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I will be at a bi-group show in Phoenix in three weeks. Is that for guns.com? Mm-hmm. You're getting paid to travel like this? Yeah, well, Cheaper. it's work, man. It's Cheaper. work. I'm going to Reno in two weeks. And he's got he's got three kids at home, you know? Oh, yeah. But then yeah. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done traveling for the year. So. Well, hopefully the weather's warmer. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. I would think so in Reno, but we'll see. Well, Mark just came home yesterday, and I happened to be over the April, their house helping. the. I took the kids to a hockey, whatever it was, and, and uh, Mark comes home. I didn't know he was coming, he was coming home, and he walked in the door. And uh, he heard one of the kids calling me dad. And I thought, uh-oh, that's not, uh-oh. That's not good. But uh, yeah, I guess I've been around there a lot long, much, much more than he has been. <laughs> Mom, wait, mommy, who's this guy? Who's this guy? Well, good for you, buddy. Yeah. Good for you. Are, you. are you ready to be gone for a month? You've never done it. No, but I'll be busier than hell. I got stuff to do. You better be busy. You're yeah. a pacer. I am a pacer. Um, I've got, I'll be. How much golf can you play in 30 days? I'm not, I'm not. I don't care about that. I'm going to golf probably twice a week. I enjoy the game. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm just good enough to want to come back. You know, you, mm-hmm. you suck, you suck, you suck. Hey, I'm pretty good at this game. You suck, you suck. You, suck. you know what I'm talking <laughs> that's, about? That's why people golf. Just because makes you want to come back. Because they get tricked yeah. into thinking that they're better than that luck that Absolutely. They absolutely. So, uh, but I'll golf probably twice a week, three times once in a while. The guys that I know down there do this five days a week. But there's stuff to do down there. And I'm going to be doing a little bit of traveling, and, and uh, they've got – Pickleball and racquetball and and uh, we're, we already talked about taking some dance lessons. They got, <laughs> nice. We looked at all the classes that are included in the association thing where we are, and there's there's square dancing, there's ballroom dancing, there's swing dancing, and they do lessons. It's all included in your monthly thing, which is thirty dollars to join the club for a month, whatever it is. And they do lessons for an hour, and then they have a band, and and, they, and you dance for an hour and a half, and and then I'll, you show off what you learned. Well, I'm gonna try, you yeah. know, yeah. yeah. Uh, you sleep pretty good afterwards. Sounds like a lot of I think so. My wife, Diana, is really a good dancer, and, and, and she used to polka a lot with her dad, a lot. And I'm okay, but I'm not, I, I'm not a great dancer. You know, I, I'm, uh, 
I'm, I'm you're a, a crooner. You're a singer. I'm a singer. I can slow dance God pretty well. God is fair. You can't be talented at everything. Uh-huh. <laughs> I tell people I'm a left-handed Polak from the east side of St. Paul. I got, I don't have a whole lot of skills left, pal. But, um, but it's been, uh, I'm looking forward to it. And the weather's supposed to be good. Uh, and I just, we're, we're doing a, an Airbnb. Last year, the Airbnb where we are staying is a one-level single-family home, an association deal. It's 2,000 square feet. Very nice. Yeah. We were visiting my friend Al last year in Sun City, where we're going to stay. Al and that you gave Al Mangine, to. the guy you gave a kidney to. And, and uh, anyway, that home we're staying in was $7,000 for 30 days last year. And we thought, this is crazy. But then we realized it's Super Bowl last year. Uh, and that, and that golf tournament was there the same weekend, darn near. And, and so the, but as soon as March 1st came, they went from 7000 to $3,400, and all, everyone dropped like 50%. You know, I mm. thought, well, this is reasonable. But I'm not spending seven grand to stay in someone's house for 30 days. I'll sleep in my car, you know. But, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, but looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. So do you guys, you have seven kids amongst you, right? Yeah, yeah. Three, three from you, three from you, and one together. Mm-hmm. Do you ever get a chance to sneak out, get by yourselves, and other, other than big shot radio shows like this? Yeah, well, <laughs> lately, we actually we just got back from a trip. We were up in uh, northern Michigan. We try to do a lot of stuff with the kids. You know, we realize that, you know, the time's ticking, you know, yeah. and the kids are going to be out of school and out of the house soon. Yeah. So we do a lot of things with the kids. So we were up in Upper Michigan um, this last New Year's, and we went to go skiing with them. No snow, just like here, but yeah. still a good time to get away, do something different. And then where did we go last summer? Um, Gatlinburg. Gatlinburg. Yeah. We have a conversion van. So you can fit the whole crew in there. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. pretty nice. If Teenagers are cool with that too. Yeah. Well, yeah. In the past, we have a Tahoe and it works yeah. for nine people, but it really doesn't work right. for leg space. So yep. the conversion van, there's a TV, you can play an Xbox, mm, you know, awesome. there's Wi-Fi. So everyone's happy. Everyone has a phone charger <laughs> that they're go. not fighting over. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's much better than than the Tahoe. So. Yeah, it, gets, it helps us get around a little easier. But I mean, we went down to Gatlinburg and that was fun. You know, uh-huh. we went and stopped in uh, Champaign, Illinois, and then went to Gatlinburg, stayed in Pigeon Forge area. And that was an absolute blast being the Smokies with them. But that's a lot of our adventures is that we like the time's running out. You know, the kids are going to be adults soon and everyone's going their own directions. And yep. we're trying to get them what we can when we can with them. I, I heard something that's true the other day is basically you have 19 years with your children. The first 18 when they're there and then the rest of their entire lives, you know what I mean? So right. it's like, you got to make that 18 count. Yeah. You know, I mean? now that yeah. we're blended families too, you cut that in half, Yeah, you know, exactly. so it's even less. So yeah. trying to get what we can. It flies, buddy. You know, I've got, uh, we have two kids who are in their fifties and, and, uh, we have 11 grandchildren. Do we have 11? Uh, yes. I think we do have 11 grandchildren and my oldest granddaughter is 19, you know, and it's like, I don't feel 72. Right. You know, and, uh, but and we've done all the things like you're doing with sports and whatnot, and Mark's doing every day of his life until he dies. You know, his life is done until his kids are grown up. He's got three boys who are all, all in athletics, all playing hockey, all playing baseball, that so. And, uh, and it just absolutely does fly. And yeah. it's just, it's just, so once it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. So the key to you guys and you and, is to stay as healthy as you can, take care of yourselves, because when they're gone, you've got to bust your butt and do stuff and just keep going doing stuff. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Well, good for you guys. Good Thanks. for you. Too. We're talking with Chris and Laura Tatro. Chris is a conservation officer, and they're both involved with. You're a volunteer with Hometown Hero Outdoors, and and Laura helps a lot. When when we were inviting them to be on the show today, he was saying you got to have Laura on because it's she's just, she's as big a part as this as I am. Together, you guys were what folding or doing something? Ten thousand Matson 
What's, what was this t-shirt oh, you guys gosh. had? Oh, yeah. So I was telling you on the phone when yeah. we actually did a fundraiser for Officer Eric Matson yeah. for his legacy trip to go to Alaska. We did a special sale on shirts, and there's about a thousand shirts that we were selling. And how, how pregnant were you? Like, Very pregnant. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, I think my legs are numb, so let's take a break. But yeah, lots of shirt orders, lots of behind-the-scenes stuff with... All of those types of things that come up. Yeah, she helps me and supports me. And, you know, I thought it was important for people to hear from her, too. I know a lot of our volunteers in the organization have significant others, and they support them to give us time. Yeah. So it's good to get them recognition, too. So that's why I wanted to bring her with. You know, uh, again, uh, Chris is with uh, a conservation officer and, and hometown heroes, out heroes outdoors is the organization that he really helps represent. And we're going to talk a lot about Eric Matson from a policeman from Waseca, Minnesota who was injured uh, about three years ago, right? Four, uh, years? four years ago. Four yeah. years ago. And you guys ended up uh, getting involved with him and, and getting him on his bucket list trip. And it's a great, great story. You know, most people say, okay, we're with Hometown Hero Outdoors, and I don't know who you get your funding from. It's all public stuff, I'm sure, and donations. But you said, we're going to take you any place in the world, in the United States, North America, North whatever. North America, yep. And take you on your favorite hunt, and you're thinking, oh, man, brown bear, you yeah. know? Elk tripping in, in, in Colorado. No, this guy wants to shoot a freaking duck. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Eric, come on, man. But it's a great story. It is. It's a great story. I'd love to have him on sometime. I know he's in Mexico right now and, and uh, see how he's doing on his other bucket list. It was to get all 42 type of ducks there are in North America. Awesome. He's only got 12 left. That yeah. was that was two or three years ago. He's only got 12 left. Yep. He's, he, he's been on hunt a couple more times, but he does have plans to go and pursue other yeah. Ducks at this time. Yeah, it's so. Uh, and I watched the trailer for for that movie. Just incredible. It, what what a cool experience that he could do that. Yeah, we'll yeah. talk about that as well. Um, what is it? It's weight. No, can, the weight of the crown. Weight of the crown. Yep. Who named it the weight of the crown? Actually, Eric. Yeah. So when we were going back and forth for a long time about what we're gonna have for a title on this thing, just out of nowhere, Eric just he was in his interview. If you watch the documentary, and he says it. And we all sat back and said, that's it. Yeah, it's what just, a great name. The epiphany just happened yeah. right then. And we're like, well, two years of arguing what this is going to get called is now done. So it worked out good. You know, uh, anybody who's listening to the show right now, and I, I posted something earlier as well, go to the, go to the, Google the weight of the crown. You don't have to do the www. I'm learning that from these guys here or the, or the funny lines, all that kind of, if you Google teaching them slowly. Eric, Eric Masson or something or anything, uh, just the weight of the crown. It's a one-hour, five-minute video these guys made of not only the happenings as to what happened to Eric when he was a policeman with the, with the uh, Waseca Police Department, but how we got into this trip, and, and it's just an amazing, inspirational story. Totally. Ups and, and downs. You know, it's crazy. You know, if you don't, and, oh, at the end, of, I, I don't want, I'm going to, no, I can't tell the end, but the doctor's involved at the end. Yep. If you, don't, if you don't get a tear or, or start tingling at the end of this video, you're not a human being, right? It's crazy. He's an amazing human being. I Eric got, is, uh, or the no, doctor, his, his neurosurgeon. Yeah. I, he came to our Stillwater showing, and I could have talked to him for hours. I feel yeah. he's he's actually from the White Bear Lake area, so mm-hmm. he brought his sister and his dad, and just a lovely human being. We're gonna talk about that in a little bit. We're gonna take a break right now. Be right back with uh, Chris and Laura. Yeah. And uh, hey, thanks for listening to the Four Outdoorsmen. The Four Outdoorsmen, just average guys that love to hunt and fish and chew the fat on Bob Outdoors. 
Hey, the four outdoorsmen have been to Devil's Lake many times and fall in love with it every time. Hard water's here, and Devil's Lake is just about as good as it gets. Winner name drop here. Kurt Wallbeck of Outdoor Bound TV and John Hoyer, winner of the National Walleye Tour the last two years, are only two of the professional big shots that feel like Devil's Lake is overall the best fishery in the entire country. Saying a lot. Hey, before you head that way, get a hold of Strewman here. I'll put you in touch with a great guide, nice hotel, superb restaurants, whatever you need. Check it all out on DevilsLakeND.com. And thanks. The Great Outdoors awaits you at the Sportsman Show, February 9th through the 11th at St. Cloud's River's Edge. With lots of resorts and lodges, plan your vacation right at the show. Fishing boats, pontoons, campers and RVs, the best brands at the best prices. Live trout fishing, free hunting and fishing seminars, and Twiggy, the water skiing squirrel. It's the Sportsman Show, February 9th through the 11th at St. Cloud's River's Edge. Show information at stcloudsportshow.com. Call Dazeal Heating and AC when you need dependable, affordable, and professional furnace repair at your home. Dazeal knows the feeling when your furnace goes out during a cold winter day. If you have a unit that's ready to roll over, Dazeal's team of licensed and certified HVAC technicians are here to help. Dazeal's trucks are stocked to repair any furnace system and can get your house warm and cozy again. Suspect a problem? Call the top dog today before your furnace goes out. They will come running to your rescue before it is too late. DazealHVAC.com. Are you thinking about getting a permit to carry firearm in Minnesota or need a renew on your old permit? Now's the time and Minnesota Firearms Training is the place. In-person classes for $99 and online classes for $89. Walk-ins welcome. Add a Florida multi-state permit if you wish. Shoot on-site at the new state-of-the-art gun range and browse the huge selection of firearms. They buy guns too. Visit the shop where Highway 10 meets 169 in Anoka. Minnesota Firearms Training or mnfirearms.com. Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. Go to windowappointmentnow.com for full offer details. Homeowners, it's a new year and time to replace your windows. Feeling too hot or cold? Time to replace. Fog between the glass? Time to replace. Spending too much on expensive energy that literally goes out the window? It's definitely time to replace. And right now, you can now get a free in-home window consultation and free price quote from Renewal by Anderson. With our New Year's sales event, you can save $375 off every window and $700 $75 off every door when you buy four or more units. Just text MAKE to 200-300 for your free consultation on top quality affordable windows or patio doors for $0 down, zero monthly payments, and zero interest for a year. That's right, you don't pay a dime for an entire year. Text MAKE to 200-300 to save $375 off every window and $775 off every door when you buy four or more units. But hurry, this incredible New Year's offer won't last long. Text MAKE to 200-300. Text the word MAKE to 200-300. Text MAKE to 200 300. Power Lodge is the number one source for ATVs in the upper Midwest. With the top three brands, including Polaris, CF Moto, and Can Am, you're able to test drive them all in a head to head comparison to find the perfect ATV for hunting, ice fishing, plowing, and having the best time possible on four wheels. Power Lodge also offers all the best gear to fully customize your off road vehicle, including plows, windshields, heated hand grips, gun scabbards, and more. Total Country Bob FM. All right, welcome back, everybody. After our show at 7 o'clock, listen to Real Talk Outdoors with all the boys. And uh, they know more about this stuff than we do. We just BS. But Mark's got some shout-outs, buddy. Yeah, just a couple here tonight because I kind of posted it late. First one is my good friend Eric Hegel, who I was just with. 
got out. Uh, Micah's first ice fishing fish of the year finally got out. And uh, congratulations, Michael. We, Micah. We know him very well. And Corey says, happy first birthday to my grandson and future fishing partner, Levi. Congratulations, Corey and Levi, on your first birthday. He's a cute little guy. And uh, I want to get a shout-out to my family. If you are watching the NFC Championship game on Fox, you will see me and my lovely wife and three kids on a sport court commercial here in about 45 minutes. So tune in and shout-out to my family for putting up with crazy things they never thought they would get into, including being on a national – or it's not a national, it's in Minnesota, but being on the uh, a TV commercial. And that's for sport court, It right? is sport court. No balls in the house. I've, never mind. I'll, it's a I'll, great commercial. I'll be, I'll be. It is a great <laughs> Thank commercial. You. Thank so you. So I'm thinking, okay, if I wrote it, by ahead, the way. If, you guys have, oh, Brandon's got, oh, we got, I know I what you do. got, Brandon. Oh, we yeah, got, I know. Uh, Today is the final day to win some tickets to the St. Cloud Sportsman Show at St. Cloud's River's Edge Convention Center, February 9th through the 11th. And being that we're this close to the event, I'd highly recommend coming and picking these tickets up in person. You don't want to trust the mail. The United States Postal Service, You're less than issues. reliable. We've been having some issues. Something Wong. Something mm-hmm. Wong. So I would say uh, <laughs> if you're able to come pick these tickets up in Ramsey, caller number four is going to the sports show for free. A four-pack of tickets to caller number four. The number is 763 Save that in your phone. I, yeah, I should. I, I ask you every time. You can call. I'll call right yeah. now. Yeah, you'll call right now. I bet we can hook you up if you want some tickets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, one shout out! I tell you what, I uh, was talking to uh, to Chris and Lori here off the air and talking about their kids love fishing and outdoors. They got seven seven kids and six out of seven love the outdoors so far. We're going to work on Aiden, right? We're working on working him. on yep. Aiden yeah, a little that's bit. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, percentage. he'll be the only one making a living, but that's okay. He's having a good time, but. Uh, um, we got to get you to uh, the the Wildwood Lions Sportsman's Dinner. It's on March 21st. I'm with the Wildwood Lions in Matamita. I have been for 35 years. And a shout-out to those guys. I mean, Rolgashevsky and all these guys who put this thing on together. I help. I do my sh- my share. But it's on March 21st at the Lake Elmo Inn Convention Center, Community Center, right down there oh, by yeah. Lake Elmo Yeah, Elmo we've Inn. been there. Yeah, for sure. Like an event center, whatever it is. Totally, yeah. yeah. And we, this is our 39th annual Wild Game Sportsman's Dinner we raise a lot of money for people who uh, who need some help. And you were talking about your kid, Abel, who's the big fisherman so far in your family. Oh, yeah. We've gotten a number of great silent auction items this year. One is a half a day with Tony Roach on Lake Mille Lacs. Oh, yeah, I know Tony well. Do you really? Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, a half a day with Nate Berg up in Brainerd. Uh, nice. Will Goble, another friend of mine from... Uh, uh, from the Montemita areas, is got a four-hour fishing trip uh, for catfish in the Mississippi River or St. Croix River. A lot of them. So I'm going to try to get you yeah, to come, come do. down. Yeah, tickets, to come. Are, tickets are a C-note, but it's well worth it. That's all right. F- first prize is $5,000. Oh, we wow. sell about 200 tickets, and one of the 200 people is going to win five grand just for being there. That's fantastic. So uh, March 21st, we'll talk after, after the air, after we're off the air. Yeah. And that's the Wildwood Line Sportsman's Dinner. Shout out to all those guys. Chris... Yes, sir. Uh, Tatro. Chris Tatro. It doesn't spell like Tatro. No. And Laura, thanks for joining us today, man. Yeah. Let's talk about your background before we get into HHO. You are a, a conservation officer with the DNR. Yes, sir. Uh, tell us how you, what's your background? How, what got you into that in the first place? Oh, so my background, I was raised uh, very, I think, well, for my parents that got me into the outdoors and wanting to do things that were a lot of community service-based things. Uh, so I started in the outdoors early in Boy Scouts, actually. So mm-hmm. I became an Eagle Scout at a young age, at 16, 
And uh, at that point, just I had a passion for it. My dream was to become a conservation officer someday. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's not very often when you hear someone say that, hey, you know, got to my dream job. So it was pretty fantastic to be able to achieve that. But then after that, I joined the military shortly after. So that Eagle Scout rank got me a couple of different promotions and made me do a private first class and joined the military at 17, right after 9-11. And that's what kind of, you know, got my military life going. Deployed a couple times. I went to Bosnia for our peacekeeping mission with our Red Bulls here in the state. And I yeah. also deployed to Iraq. Um, I was there. It was a 22-month deployment. You know, we did 18 months in Iraq itself. And it was it was a long deployment. So came back from that. Uh, did a little bit more time in the military and decided it was time for my next chapter. And that's when I started getting into law enforcement. So um, I was a Federal Reserve police officer in Minneapolis for four years and then got hired by the DNR. So I've been doing this ever since. And Love every minute of it and started HHO back in 2017 to continue to give back in, in a different way. Good for you. Home, uh, hometown Hero Outdoors is what HHO stands for. And uh, after reading things and listening to all the uh, the audios and videos that I've seen, nobody calls it Hometown Hero Outdoors. It's all HHO. It's all HHO. Everyone <laughs> knows what HHO is. Good for you. So what was the inspiration to start HHO? And when you folks, if you've never heard of it, I hear everything these guys do and ladies do. It'll blow you away. And and you are the man who literally started HHO. There's a handful of us. So um, we were actually volunteering with another nonprofit at the time. There's a handful of us. And we had some questions of just how operations were going. And it was only strictly for military service members and veterans at that point in time. And being that we're volunteering for them, had some questions that were going unanswered. We were just like, you know what? We're going to start fresh. We're going to start something clean and new. And we started Hometown Hero Outdoors in 2017. And when we started it, we I was in law enforcement at the time. We had another individual, Andy Graff, who's also a law enforcement officer, uh, who's also a Navy veteran. And we started thinking about the different things that we could integrate with who we serve, particularly military service members and veterans. But then we included law enforcement. And we the goal is to get these individuals into the outdoors, people who have served in these professions, and do something different, get them off the couch, Go out and create new camaraderie and understand that there's more to life than just sitting on a couch and potentially, you know, drowning in your own thoughts. So doing stuff in the outdoors is what we were going to do. And the law enforcement aspect of us integrating them into our mission was to ensure that we could help them with their mental health as well. Because I'm in law enforcement as well, and I know what people go through and we're on a roller coaster some days in our backyards, so to speak, you know, with working in our local communities and a lot of the trauma that can happen and what we're exposed to. And sometimes you don't have time to process all that. You have yeah. to go from a call that's incredibly intense to something that you're dealing with that's not as intense, but it's just, it's a ride, you know? So um, that's where we began with them. And then over the last few years, it was our fifth year anniversary. We expanded a fire and EMS as well. Cause our goal was to go to them eventually, but we wanted to ensure that we understand in a nonprofit, how it operated and moved before we actually expanded it too big and, lost control of it. So we did a, a expand to fire and EMS in, 20, uh, in our fifth year anniversary too. You know, uh, Bob FM is a, is a big advocate of, of, of helping the, the military personnel and, and anybody else who's in that situation. You know, the first responders and all of that, way we talked about it. And for the last 10 years, they've had a CD that they've had a lot of these local musicians come in and make do one of their favorite songs and made a big, big CD and they sold it and all the money went to... Uh, uh, hometown, what's it called? Hometown, what's it called? That's the, who we're talking to. I know, military, what's <laughs> Military family, military, mili whatever it is. There's yep. so many different military organizations. Right. And uh, Bob FM has raised over $250,000 oh, specifically wow. for families who need it. 
uh, people who are in the military were having 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 little problems. Oh, that's amazing. Two hundred fifty grand. That's amazing. It has been ten years. They just did the uh, uh, the big party last year. We raised uh, close to forty thousand dollars this year. Wow. It's a big deal. Yeah. So there's a lot of organizations like that. And, right. Uh, uh, how do you determine who you're going to work with? If you're going to, what do you do other than legacy trips? That's the big deal. But yeah. You, but I read that you're involved in helping them in a lot of other ways as well, and Laura as well. Yeah. So we've expanded into 28 states. So when we started our at our infancy, you know, in the state of Minnesota, we expanded to the Midwest. And how we go about finding individuals to host these trips with is we have volunteers. Everyone's 100% volunteer in our organization. No one makes a dime off anything that we do. And then we created a Facebook group that actually has vetting of members, people who have served in the military or as a first responder. They reply, they request to join these groups, and that's where we host our trips. Where we put them out, and they're posted by our volunteers. So either our volunteers will go out and solicit for guides to come assist us or fundraise and pay guides, or it might be something as simple as, hey, I got a couple extra spe- uh, seats open in my boat this weekend. And they put those out there for individuals to come with, and they randomly draw our members to – we call them members – they're not paying anything. They're just individuals that have served that we want to give back to. Right. So there's there's no like fee for them. Everything's free. Maybe gas or a license to get to where we're going and go hunting or fishing. And they post these and they get randomly drawn or selected in the group. And they also were transitioning a lot to this to our website too. So they get vetted on our website. They have to prove their service or their professional background and ensure that um, they are capable of getting to the trips or places that we're hosting these, and then they get randomly selected at that point. Mm-hmm. So, and, and since our inception, we've taken over five thousand people in the outdoors, and that's only been ten years. Uh, we just we're going into year seven, starting this October. And you've had five thousand fishing trips, hunting trips to to militaries, yeah, veterans, think- and. As far as number of trips goes, I want to know. I, over trips itself, it's over two thousand, but over five thousand people we've brought out. How many? How many volunteers do you think you've had in the last seven years? Well, right now we're at one hundred and fifty committed volunteers that integrate and work with us day to day. The standards for is how much they do annually is not that high. It's when they have time. But when we've had other volunteers, we've probably had north of two hundred and fifty volunteers because people come and go. You know, and that's just life. We get that, but. We have 150 that are pretty active right now. How do you decide with all the people who are involved in your network that sign up to be part of this, veterans, first responders, policemen, firemen, whatnot, they sign up and say, listen, I'd like to get involved in this somehow either as as a, a, a guide or a, or a volunteer or someone who wants to, I'm a veteran, and mm-hmm. I, I would love to go on a trip with one of you guys. I don't care if it's just fishing at Lake Phelan. You know what I'm talking about? Right, yep. Just someplace to do someplace to go. How do they get involved? How do they, what's, what is the site they get on? And then how do you determine who you're going to choose to go with you? Yeah, so if you want to volunteer for the organization, either as a volunteer field staff is what we refer to them to, or as an individual who just wants to take people fishing, you can go to our website. Our website's hometownhereoutdoors.org, or you can reach out to us on any social media platform and you know, put in a request and we can guide you to that right person to help you get that information. Um, our volunteer field staff generally are individuals who have been on our adventures or trips before. So they've engaged in, and received a lot of the camaraderie that happens on these trips. And they come back and they say, hey, I want to help out too. What can I do? And so they get to apply. And then we go through a background check and whatnot just to make sure everything's legit. And then they get to help volunteer as well. We do a lot of, um, what's the right word I'm looking here? We do a lot of um, we, we assist each other. Um, 
where they need to go on with someone who's been experienced on one of these adventures. Part of our aspect of what we do too is it's for mental health, right? Right. So we started training some of our volunteers in crisis intervention because we do get so close with people mm-hmm. when we're out in the duck blind or out fishing and individuals call us and confide in us when they're having difficult moments or times in their mm-hmm. life. And we have now trained a lot of our field staff in what they call as assist training, which is applied suicide intervention skills training. So our goal is to save lives, right? And this is part of it. So that's another tool in our belt that we can take out and use and help individuals. So when they call you and they're like, hey, Chris, I was on a fishing trip with you, you know, six months ago. I trust you. I'm not in a good place. And we can talk them off that ledge, get them into a safe plan, and then we're able to help engage with additional mental health help after that. Okay. Uh, are there specific qualifications? If I'm, I'm me, let's say I'm me and I'm, I'm healthy and I'm in good shape and I'm taking care of myself and I'm a, I'm a veteran. Yeah. Can I still go with you guys, or do I have to have some issues? No, nope. have gone through per situ- personal situations that I'm not come. What? No, anybody. So it, okay. It's not. Yeah, anyone who has served, you know, and you don't have to have any specific um, injuries or anything that happened to you. Uh, there are times where we do have specialized trips where a guide says, "Hey, I want to take a disabled Vietnam vet." Well, that's what we try to find. Right. But for any any day trips, we do not have any circumstances that you have to meet or criteria you have to meet. It could be anyone. And as long as you honorably served, you know, you haven't, people are like, well, I haven't deployed. And we don't care. Yeah. You know, you served, you did your time, you, you helped. It's fine. So if I'm able-bodied, someone who served, and I was, uh, and I'm a left-handed Pollock, and he's out of St. Paul, when I go to the front of the line, when I get the big priority trips and stuff because of that, that disability that, <laughs> there. If Big Chris is choosing, he's from the east side. That a boy. Yeah, he's our treasurer. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah, that, that, he's yeah. an east side guy. We're, I'm an east side guy from, uh. Southeast of Earl and Maryland Streets, where I was born and raised by Duluth McKay's Playground. Um, all right, so let's talk about now the legacy trip that, that you went on with, with Eric Matson. We'll talk more about his story as well after our break. How many of those are done a year? Just one a year? One. So this yeah. one's a little bit behind because it did take us four years to complete this and the documentary for Eric. Yeah. But our next one is going to be this fall. So we're taking the next recipient this fall. Oh, yeah. So I'm pretty excited about that one. Do you? It must be difficult. I'm guessing if I was in your situation or anybody else in a volunteer situation like this, I'd probably get emotionally involved with everybody I worked with. Oh yeah, it's a, the connections that have been made and everything that we do. I mean, it's it's hard to it's hard to like even decide like who should get what because everyone's done so much and you get so brought into it. it the connections are very strong. Huge you, huge relationships definitely are built. I mean, the amount of times that we talk to Megan or Eric the production crew, the everyone that we've met on that aspect of it has definitely formed a special relationship, like uh, almost family-like, to be yeah. honest. So I, mean, I would I would think so. So some people can literally get in and do something like this with you guys, Hometown Hero Outdoors, and not have to take money out of their pocket if they haven't got it, obviously. Absolutely, and that's a big thing, too, is someone may not have the ability to do it. And maybe they have some unhealthy habits, and we help create new healthy habits mm-hmm. in the outdoors. You know, like buying duck decoys. I mean, who has money after that? It's an addiction, yeah. right? So, yeah. Yeah, or musky fishing. You know, <laughs> yes, <laughs> buy yes. some musky lures, yeah. and you're broke forever. <laughs> Mike, Mark can relate to that. He he bought a musky fishing rod. I don't know, ten years ago. I don't know, and and it's never never used it. It's, well, it's, I have it. now. <laughs> yeah, I'm hooked. Yeah, now That's he's got you know, a twenty five thirty dollar lures. You know, holy buckets. This <laughs> yeah. Can, yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets expensive fast. But that's what we're trying to do. I tell you, we'll come back. You talked about Eric Madsen. We'll come back and, and talk about him and the legacy trip and more about HHO on the Four Outdoorsman.
turn your knob to Bob Monday morning at 820 to learn how you could win a big green egg just in time for spring. Hey, the four outdoorsmen have been to Devil's Lake many times and fall in love with it every time. Hard water's here and Devil's Lake is just about as good as it gets. I'm going to name drop here. Kurt Wallbeck of Outdoor Bound TV and John Hoyer, winner of the National Walleye Tour the last two years, are only two of the professional big shots that feel like Devil's Lake is overall the best fishery in the entire country. Saying a lot. Hey, before you head that way, get a hold of Strewman here. I'll put you in touch with a great guide, nice hotel, superb restaurants, whatever you need. Check it all out on devilslakemd.com. And thanks. Power Lodge is the number one source for ATVs in the upper Midwest. With the top three brands, including Polaris, CF Moto, and Can-Am, you're able to test drive them all in a head-to-head comparison to find the perfect ATV for hunting, ice fishing, plowing, and having the best time possible on four wheels. Power Lodge also offers all the best gear to fully customize your off-road vehicle, including plows, windshields, heated hand grips, gun scabbards, and more. The Great Outdoors awaits you at the Sportsman Show, February 9th through the 11th at St. Cloud's River's Edge. With lots of resorts and lodges, plan your vacation right at the show. Fishing boats, pontoons, campers and RVs, the best brands at the best prices. Live trout fishing, free hunting and fishing seminars, and Twiggy, the water skiing squirrel. It's the Sportsman Show, February 9th through the 11th at St. Cloud's River's Edge. Show information at stcloudsportshow.com. Are you thinking about getting a permit to carry firearm in Minnesota or need a renew on your old permit? Now's the time and Minnesota Firearms Training is the place. In-person classes for $99 and online classes for $89. Walk-ins welcome. Add a Florida multi-state permit if you wish. Shoot on-site at the new state-of-the-art gun range and browse the huge selection of firearms. They buy guns too. Visit the shop where Highway 10 meets 169 in Anoka. Minnesota Firearms Training or mnfirearms.com. All right, here we go. Welcome back to the Four Outdoorsman. Mark, Lukey, Steve, Strusinski, Struman, and Laura, and uh, and uh, Chris Tatro from Stillwater, Minnesota, conservation officer. Big shot with HHO. Lukey, you had a question. I went to take a little break here, and Lukey, what you were talking about? Yeah, I was something. just talking to, to uh, Chris and Laura a little bit about um, instances where vets or first responders might need additional help. Um, with counseling once you kind of unearth an issue that they need help with and uh, Chris mentioned something going on right now why don't you kind of explain what's what's happening in that process yeah so a lot of our funding is actually self-driven through our Mm -hmm. volunteers or significant donors that help us but right now we have an initiative going where we have two bills that are currently being drafted for the, the Minnesota State Legislative Session that's coming up One's for the public safety realm and one's for the veterans realm. And it is to help with additional assistance financially when it comes to the mission that we engage in the outdoors. And then a a large portion of that is for uh, acquiring funds for our mental health Mm -hmm. and being able to acquire or hire individuals on retainer that we can hand off um, some of our members to. Because if we engage in the assist training, where do we go next? So if we can get this funding to be able to help out with some of the mental health side of things after the fact, that's that's the big initiative that we have right now is getting these two bills through legislation. What can Bob listeners do to help it in that? Is it contact um, your, local your local politicians? politicians. Yep. So if you like know, a state senator or whatever, correct? And, yeah. And what is there a name to the bill? That so it's still being drafted currently. Okay. Um, it's going to be jacketed here soon, and then the the, the final author, which my local representative is Representative Hill, and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, Senator Karn Housley, and they're going to s- represent it. We have other individuals who are going to help out with, but 
Um, we'll have the name and a bill number to come up here soon. But uh, once that happens, or even now, if people reach out to their their local politicians and say that, hey, there's something coming here and we want to support it, that's all helpful. Okay, great. Cool. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, we know. We, we... When you know the name of that bill, can you let us know? Absolutely. We'll, okay, yeah. we'll mention it and we'll um, put it on all our stuff and push that out. And we'll get, uh, we'll get Mrs. Howesley on the air if you want to talk about it and, and try to push it a little bit because she's been around for a while. We know yeah. everyone knows Phil, of course. And, right. And I was in real estate for 34 years, and I'm familiar with her as well from – she might have been Keller Williams many, many years ago. Might have been Edina, I forget anybody, but she's, uh, yeah, she's a nice lady. Very she's, nice, yeah, yes. Does a good job. And they're very supportive of us. And good. Bipartisan support all across the board, good. so it's fantastic. All right, we're talking with Laura and Chris from Hometown Hero Outdoors, HHO. Let's talk about the Eric uh, Madsen story and how you got the legacy trip, because this is a big, big deal. Number, let me ask you this first. How do you determine who gets the legacy trip? That's got to be a tough deal. Yeah, the legacy trip, actually, the thought of it and what it was came up after Eric and we engaged mm-hmm. with Eric here. But essentially what it came up to or down to is what our, our criteria is. That is it has to have been someone who served in any of the professions that we assist, that they had to have gone through something catastrophic, either physically or mentally, and then I might be able to achieve something that they thought they once normally did, that they had a mm-hmm. dream adventure they want to go on. So the criteria was they could pick the top three uh, outdoor activities, either fishing or hunting, in North America. We'd love to go outside North America at some point in time, but we, the, and why we picked three people, uh, the top three items is, as you all know, sometimes you might not be able to acquire a hunting license for a certain species somewhere due to lottery reasons or... Mm-hmm. You know, we can always try to pull some strings and see if people can help us or donate things. But uh, the top three is the criteria that helps us be able to engage and get this quicker. And that has uh, now what we have people do is they write in or can nominate um, others. So either themselves or someone can nominate someone else. And then we have to whittle it down. And it's not easy going through people's stories. Um, Everyone deserves something. Yeah. You know, they've been through a lot. And when we say physically or mentally, either you know, mentally could be, it could be anything from PTSD or something that they just can't overcome. Right. And it and it, it inhibits them to go on these adventures that they want to. So the the plan was to uh, get it down to five, and then whoever the previous recipient of that trip was is going to make the final decision on who goes on the next one. So like Eric Matson, right, was chose to the next person now. Yeah, we'll talk about that guy as well. Eric Matson, a couple of years back. Police officer in Waseca, Minnesota. Man, I remember that. Just like doing, I do too, just doing his regular, doing his job and goes to the wrong house at the wrong time and gets shot in the head. Right. The guy, that yeah. guy died, right? That, the no, bad he's, guy. no, he's in prison. He is in prison, okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and Chris, according to 99% of the people who know what they're doing, said he was he shouldn't live. He should no. not, he should not have been around here. No, he, he came out of it not doing well whatsoever, and you guys jumped in somehow Tell us the journey and then what his legacy trip was. Yeah, so I had a connection with someone who was actually very good friends with Eric. Uh, we actually had a conversation about it, and I found out he was a very large outdoor enthusiast. Right. Waterfall, specifically. Right. So I said, you know, I talked to the board. I said, let's do something for this individual. Maybe something that can get him back on his feet and motivate him for something large. I'm surprised that he's still married considering how many ducks he's, decoys he's <laughs> no, got in his right? basement. <laughs> yeah. He's got like two or 300 uh, decoys in his basement in duffel bags or something. Keep yeah. Going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I reached out to the people who knew him, and we offered him a trip of a lifetime. And, and at this point, I had not met Eric yet. He was uh, still in the hospital and then transferred down to Omaha, Nebraska for his rehab. And... Uh, the first conversation that was with him, he actually did not choose a king eider. He chose uh, a bear. And I was like, well, I got people for bear in northern Minnesota. We can figure it out. 
I'm like, that's easy. I'm like, I can do that. So right. then we were like, well, you know what? Let's go to Canada. We'll, we'll bump it up or something. And then a couple months went by, and I said, let's go ask him again. And then he came back and said, a King Eider. And I scratched my head, and I said, I don't know what that is. No, there's a lot of listeners who don't know what a King Eider is. <laughs> Tell them what a King Eider is. It's an incredibly beautiful bird. It, you can only find them in a few areas in the world. Um, the ones that we went to pursue for Eric was up in St. Paul Island. And if you don't know what that is, it's in the middle of the Bering Sea right. where they film the deadliest catch. It's right, right. a pretty gnarly area. It's like being on the moon. The other place is Green, uh, Greenland, and uh, they're very hard to get to. Absolutely gorgeous birds, and they move with the ice pack at St. Paul Island looking to feed, and that's their migration pattern. And then they come to St. Paul Island, and they do their breeding. Um, so it's 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 a very unique bird and hard to get to. And when you are a waterfowl hunter, it is a unicorn mm-hmm. for them, and it's not easy to get to. Just to endure the hardships that are out there that these birds are going through as a, as a human is not easy. They're very hard to pursue. If you guys want to find out what this is all about, and look at, again, check out the video, Weight of the Crown. Is that what it was called? The Weight of the Crown. They'll tell the whole story here as well and go through Eric's even, his whole process from even getting shot, the audio and all of him getting shot to his rehabilitation. When you first spoke to him and when he first mentioned the King Eider, did you think because of his condition – this ain't going to happen. It went through my head a lot. I thought this is not going to be easy, you know, but I do know that he had the drive in there. And even, you know, some of our other individuals that are supporting us are like, what are the odds that they're going to make this happen? And I said, I don't know, but we're going to do it. It doesn't matter. And at least if we can get him there and he has the opportunity, then to me that's a success, right? Yeah. To get, at least get him to see one, but obviously we wanted him to get one. Yeah. And, he, and he did, you know. And um, so, you know, over the year – or like take that back almost four years or three years before we actually got to go. It was not, it was not an easy journey. You know, he had a lot of hurdles he had to overcome and then we had COVID kick in and then we right. couldn't go to the hunt. And then it was a lot. How many years after he got shot, did you guys take the trip? He got shot January 6th of 2020 and we went in January of 2023. What a coincidence. January 6th. Isn't that the day that our capital got busted up? Yeah. Same day. That's crazy, man. Crazy. And so then his documentary actually premiered on his fourth year anniversary. Okay. So All right. Four fine. years. What were the challenges? You know, I know intellectually, I mean, could he speak well? I mean. Yeah. So his body, he got shot in the right side of his head on the top. And that caused left side neglect. So his arm and his legs don't function as well. His peripheral vision's not great. If he would have got shot in the other side of the head, he would have lost all of his memories and motor function for speaking. So all of his memories are there. He's very aware and cognizant. Yeah, he doesn't remember the night uh, of the incident. That's good. He is sharp-witted. I mean, he he has a great banter. His talking, uh, excuse me, his texting, if you had gotten a text message from him is really hard to decipher, but speaking, his his vocalization of, of everything, totally there. Like, and October, witty and spot on. Yeah, him. October of 2020, when he came home from Omaha, when I finally met him, we were at the house, and uh, Megan, his wife, was like, hey, we're, we're going to go up to Alaska. I want to come with, too. And he goes, honey, I told you I put on a wetsuit, and I'll flop around in the front yard for you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm like, man, this guy just got shot in the head, and, like, he's got the wit like that. That was amazing, you yeah. know, and – very promising, you know, at that point. And then, you know, the COVID delay was tough. Um, I was worried about him. But we went to Mille Lacs, did some stuff, went fishing. And then the COVID delay actually gave him time mm-hmm. and to help him build back towards what he wanted to do um, and be able to be further in his journey, be able to harvest the bird. And it really helped. 
Talk about the journey itself from the time you left the Twin Cities, if that's where you, from where you left. Yep. On the airplane, was he okay there? Was he in a wheelchair? Was he in a walker and all that kind of good stuff? And, yeah. and getting in the boat, I saw the first time you got in that boat. I don't, they, don't they shoot these, these birds out of kayaks and things like that? Yeah. Not this guy, of course. He couldn't. But Right. Yeah. yeah. So leaving Minneapolis, uh, we had a local law enforcement agency there, and then a bunch of other law enforcement helped us get through the airport. It was incredibly easy. Saw that. That's emotional, too, boy. Oh, they were so nice to us way to the crown check out the video yeah and i'm honestly that was the best like tsa screening ever been through my life (laughs) (laughs) it was so easy and i was like eric you're going on all my trips with me at this point (laughs) all right uh so we get on the plane and he was excited it was a six-hour flight to anchorage and eric likes to take naps and you'll see this in the video but he is so excited this guy didn't even sleep yeah he and we got the anchorage we got to the hotel he crashed the next day, you know, we wake up in the morning. He's like, hey, we're going to go see some King Eiders today. Then we went up and we we flew on a charter up to, uh, I want to say it was, I can't remember, Bethel, Alaska, up by the Arctic Circle. And then we went west over to, to St. Paul Island. And he got off that plane and he just started walking. Like, he didn't even know where he was going. He was just gone. And we're like, Eric, we had to catch up to him and pull him back. And we're like, dude. But we got there, and he goes, this is where the Kings are, you know? And it was amazing, uh, the excitement that was there. And it caught up, you know, all that excitement and being tired for him caught up. And you can see that in the documentary. Yeah. Um, but it, it ultimately led to su- success. Well, on the first day that you guys went out, uh, he was not successful. He just, the, you, you were like four or five-foot waves, it looked like to me. And I'm thinking, what's this guy doing on a boat? Yeah. You know, it's just crazy. You know, and with the waves and just how the sea was moving, you know, the video doesn't do it justice. Yeah. You know, um, when we asked the guides, like, what are we on a scale of 1 to 10? He's like, today it was a 3. And everyone looked at me like, oh, that was a 3? What's, yeah. what's a 5? Yeah. And, and the waves were a lot larger than they look in the video. Um, I'm an open water kind of guy. I used to work on Mille Lacs. I like I like big waves. doesn't bother me as much. But Uncle Paul, uh, the Eric's uncle who got to come with, right. he ended up throwing up that day. <laughs> he called it the washing machine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's right. That's right. And yeah. he's a big water uh, big water kind of guy. He'll deep sea fishing and he does not lose his lunch. And he lost his lunch that day. <laughs> and it just didn't work out that day. Did Eric, Eric laugh? Oh, yeah. He laughed. <laughs> yeah. And Eric, uh, it did not work out that well that day because of some drama. I mean, he took, you know, and being tired. and Right. Honestly, with a TBI, he's got a traumatic brain injury from the shooting, and we didn't know how it was going to work in the water, you know, on those big waves and taking uh, Dramamine, and it, it beat him up. So the first day was not successful. Yeah. So we talk about the boat. The guy who took him out in the boat. You haven't seen this in the vid. You haven't seen the video yet, Mark. Mark where, saw Where the, can it be seen? By the uh, way, just go on wait on YouTube. A, look on YouTube. Wait okay. to the crown. Yep, YouTube. Anyways, so the guy who had this boat. These are not inexpensive boats. This guy was on. No. And um, they knew because of the waves and all that that Eric is going to have a hard time shooting. Right. Uh, so what did the guy do? How, how did he, how did he help out? <laughs> yeah. So Charles Somerville's our main guide. He's the individual who owns the company and does all the guiding for us. And he told us to. We brought in actually a bog pod, death grip bog pod. And I was told not to bring it. And I'm like, nah, we're gonna bring this just in case. Don't know what it is, sir. What is it? It's a phenomenal uh, tripod stand yeah. that actually is used to help uh, support your firearm, and it can hold your firearm for you. You just shoulder it, and you just got to move around. And, it tracks for you. It's yeah. beautiful. It's a beautiful piece. Of but equipment. how do you support it to the boat? So when we support it to the boat, we actually had to drill holes in his boat. <laughs> yeah. What? And I remember That's I heard, nice man. I saw him kneel down and all of a sudden I heard a drill going and I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. And he's putting holes in his boat with zip strips and getting that tripod mounted in the front. And then 
Then we could put his firearm up there, and then we called it the USS Matson because it had a you know cannon on the front. Yeah, <laughs> so that was a fun joke that we had going. Yeah. But it was it was a a phenomenal opportunity to be able to see all of the support and camaraderie that was out there on the island and. It was uh, pretty desolate. You know, the deadliest catch was not happening, and then crabbing was not happening. So it was pretty quiet on the island, but uh, a phenomenal experience. Absolutely gorgeous. You saw the video, just the landscape and the video that's there. Unbelievable. It's, it's a, you know, amazing. I have so much respect for Eric. A lot of people couldn't do this completely able-bodied. I mean, it was right. it's a challenge, but this guy was not going to give up. No. Uh, and the King Eider, I'm, we have a lot of birders and, and duck hunters uh, uh, who listen to our show. Is King Eider the duck? that almost every duck hunter in this country would like to get? Is that the, yeah. that's the goal? Yeah, it's think? generally your very last one. If you're doing the North American Waterfall Challenge, it's usually your last one. Yeah. I mean, just the expense to get there is not low at all. Right. You know, and then the timing to do it. And you, There's only a six-week season. I mean, it's not very long. So you're, you have to time it just right. And usually when you plan it, it's a couple of years in advance too. But you have to have a group of so many people. So it's, it's not cheap, just airfare alone, even after COVID. So our original airfare before going with, before COVID was 10 grand for us. And after COVID it doubled, it was $20,000 just, and, just and, for that. And all of that was paid for by, by people donating to yeah. hometown heroes outdoors. Yeah. Shirt sales. Um, we had individuals who were anonymous, large donors that assisted with stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, we had other fundraisers that were held for him. Uh, we have a, a co-worker, a friend of ours who works for Delta Airlines held a, a pancake breakfast and a lot of good things happened to help support this and help pay for it. And then also help with the documentary itself. You know, we uh, again, we, we've had a number of people on our show, on the Four Outdoorsmen here, who donate and give back. And we're all about sharing stories and trying to help people as well. Yeah. So it's a thrill to have you guys here. A couple of years back, I met some people. I work part-time for the Minnesota Twins, and uh, I met these guys uh, called Capable Partners, and they're oh, from yeah. the Twin Cities. And uh, we, I met them. I work part-time for the Twins. I met one of the guys there. He's wearing camouflage. He must hunt and fish, develop a relationship, and they've been on, and they've been... I've helped them get to Veterans on the Lake as a resort in Ely, Minnesota with, yep. with yeah. Andy Burke and Paz. And yeah. uh, so it's really cool to be part of just kind of in networking with guys like yourselves and trying to help from our little scale as much as we possibly can. Right. What's new? What's, what do you have going? We have like a minute left now. Tell us what's new with, with HHO. What do you, what's your goals for 2024? What do you got going on? And who's the next legacy trip? Yeah, so our goal this next year is going to be to take over 1,500 people in the outdoors again. We're going to get some more states stood up. We're trying to expand into five more. We'll get those teams going. Uh, the next legacy trip has been received, uh, chosen. If you watch the documentary, you can see the individual at the end. I did. Uh, yep. And then we're starting a fundraising drive. I've, I'd love to spill the beans about what we're doing with them, but we got some videos coming out here soon about what we're going to go do with him and introducing who he is. Uh, he is a, I will tell you, he's a veteran from Texas. He has a purple heart and uh, he has had a very difficult run at life, you know, so we're honored to be able to help him out with that. But we're starting a huge fundraising drive from him. Our first ask is everyone to donate a dollar. Whoever can listen, give us a dollar. Mm-hmm. There's some other incentives that we have, anywhere from $5 up to $100. We can get something back from HHO. That'll be live here soon. So if you watch our social media or on our website, you'll see it pop up here in early February. Please but, let us know. Yeah, we'll, absolutely. We'll be part of a drive for you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you. Possible. We'll have yeah. you back in as well. So they, someone's got to contact you at? HometownHeroOutdoors.org, or you can go on any social media platform with 
uh, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, all that good stuff. Chris and Laura from uh, HHL, thanks for being on the Four Outdoorsman. Special people you are, I'm telling you, and uh, it's been a thrill to meet you. I'm glad you came in studio. It's much more effective, I think, when you come into the studio and see folks right into your eyes. Uh, uh, keep going. Thanks for doing all you do. And I mean that to everybody who's involved in helping other people because uh, yeah. without you guys, it's not a good place to be. Thanks for listening to the Four Outdoorsmen, everybody. Take care of yourselves. Stick around for Real Talk Outdoors. And we'll hear more from HHO in the next couple of weeks, I promise you there. Have a great week. My buddy Mark's got something to say. Get outside and make some memories. <laughs>